0: Hey, you've heard me talk about how convenient HelloFresh's contact-free delivery is forever. But it's been especially helpful this past year. Haven't signed up yet? Right now, you can get 12 free meals, including free shipping, when you go to HelloFresh.com slash Filmcast12 and use code Filmcast12.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast. I'm David
2: Chen, and after this podcast recording, I'm going on a trip to Paris, guys.
1: Joining me today is Devendra Hardwar.
2: I also have trouble telling Olivia Coleman and Olivia Williams apart. It's too hard.
1: <laughs> and Jeff Kanata. I may not be the father, but I am a father. All right. <laughs> welcome to the show, everyone. Today on the podcast, of course, we're going to be reviewing The Father which is a new film starring Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Colman. It's going to be really interesting to talk about. I'm looking forward to the discussion. In the meantime, we've got a little bit of movie news. We've got some what we've been watching. We've got some weekly plugs for you. All of that in store for you on this week's The Slash Filmcast. You can find more episodes of the podcast at SlashFilmcast.com. Email us at SlashFilmcast at gmail.com. Before we get to that, a couple quick programming notes. First of all, if you are a fan of the show and you want to support us, Very easy to do that by going to patreon.com slash film podcast. There you can sign up for ad-free episodes as well as bonus exclusive After Darks. Now, on the last episode of the Slash Filmcast, I made a declaration that uh, I've had to take back, which uh, is something that's happened often during the pandemic. Yeah, it's, it's definitely very frequent. Uh, during last time's podcast, I said we're going to be reviewing The Father this week, followed by an After Dark review of Nobody, the new Bob Odenkirk action film. We're, we're all
0: excited, super excited. We're yeah, super that's excited, like Perfect
2: yeah. content for the show. We're excited.
1: So, it, I know. It was, it was perfect. It's perfect for the, it's like, yeah. wow, I'm so
2: jazzed. For this <laughs> that, finally a bomb for our awful times, right? That, like that yeah.
0: premium <laughs> Patreon content that everybody signs up for the Patreon for. Right
1: I there. Mean, Ilya Nyshuler, the guy who directed Nobody. This is the guy who did what Hardcore Henry? I'm like, Yeah, we love that love movie. That, love that movie. I, I think he was on your like top ten movies of the year, right? It's it was crazy. Yeah. I I I think that movie is brilliant. It's amazing. So we were so psyched for it. And somebody, a very reasonable listener tweeted this week, hey, guys, um, how are you going to be streaming nobody? And I think, uh, Davindra, you responded, hey, we're, well, we'll probably use iTunes, which I was like, yeah, yes. Devindra's yeah, responding correctly. What's the problem here? <laughs> super reasonable. Super reasonable. Uh, so I head on over to, after I saw that tweet, head on over to the, the old iTunes, try to find nobody. And it's not there because nobody is premiering exclusively in theaters this weekend.
2: Love it. Love it. You know who'll be reviewing nobody in the Slash Film cast. Nobody. Nobody.
1: Nailed, it. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. We're not going to theaters. We're not all... I think not, not a one of us is fully vaxxed at this point. Right? No. Half vaxxed. Some yeah. Half, yeah. Almost there.
0: Some half yeah.
1: Um. So, yeah. We are not going to go to a movie theater until we are fully vaccinated. And even then it's a bit, uh, borderline. Two weeks. But, yeah. You gotta uh, wait maybe. a bit. Yeah. Two
0: baller move for nobody though, to be in theaters only. <laughs> Huge flex. Yeah. Huge Flex. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, black widow is coming to Disney plus day and date, but nobody, you gotta get your ass to a theater,
2: buddy. Come on. <laughs> I mean, there it's top of the charts right now. So, you know, yeah. they it earned it. It was
1: number one at the box office. Okay. So, uh, worth it. Hashtag but, uh, worth uh, it. Do you know how much money it made, Jeff Kanata? Uh, nobody. I'm gonna guess, guess how much money nobody I'm gonna made. I'm
0: going to guess $11 million.
1: $6.8 million. Dollars <laughs> oh, I almost did seven and then Eighth I went 11. Mm, yeah, too much. Too much. Yeah. Um, Number so one, anyway, crush it. It's it's weird and unfortunate uh, that I guess Ilya Nye is the new Christopher Nolan. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, next uh, next time nobody is available on video on demand, uh, we will uh, watch it and discuss it. I, I actually uh, may do the thing where I rent a theater with some friends to watch it in a few weeks when we're all vaccinated. So uh, I may be able to talk about it soon. But it is unfortunate we weren't able to watch it. Instead of nobody, we're gonna be we're gonna be cutting the foreplay on our search party talk and going straight into a spoiler special. So that's what the after Uh, arc is. It's going to be
0: even better. If you have watched Search Party, you've got to get over to patreon.com slash filmcast. Film film podcast. I always (laughs) do that wrong. I always get it wrong. (laughs) I do all the ads for the show. So I'm always saying slash filmcast and it's film podcast. Well,
2: everybody wins because everybody should be watching Search Party, right? So, you know. There. So, yeah, so it's that's, a
0: win-win, except for Bob and Kirk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what the After Dark is going to be today. Search party, not nobody.
1: But Jeff, uh, you mentioned the whole Black Widow news. So uh, some Disney news dropped this week, right? Which is that Black Widow, the long-awaited MCU movie, is going to be streaming on Disney Plus on July 9th, 2021. The
0: biggest movie of summer 2020. That's <laughs> Streaming. That was going to be your number
2: one last year on the uh,
1: summer movie. Might have
0: been. Might have been. I don't know. Who knows? I I, had to sit down and do that. That that felt
2: like B-level MCU, you know? So I I don't know how much. Maybe it's B-level. Maybe. I I think it would have crushed. I I don't know if it
0: would have done more than Wonder Woman, but I I think Wonder Woman would have had bad word of mouth, as we now know. Yeah,
1: Uh, yep. (laughs) uh, I wouldn't have known that ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's going to be available on Disney Plus on July 9th, 2021, at the same time as it's going to be out in theaters. Now, you must have the premiere access to Disney Plus in order to watch it. That means you gotta pay 30 bucks it there's has no, been th- so far.
2: So you're, you're renting it. You're there's renting no There's
0: no having yeah. premiere yeah. access. It's pay us an extra 30 bucks for this movie. Indeed. You'd make it sound like it's the the, the gold club.
1: Yeah. It's the A-list of uh yeah. of Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh so Jeff, what was your immediate reaction when you heard this news? <laughs> I'm super excited
0: to be watching this at home on my television. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, t- tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Like, you're, you're going to be vaccinated relatively soon. So, like, I hey, am. society might Very be kind of back to normal by then. Yeah. Uh, so, what? like, would you not even consider seeing it at a theater? Like, t- tell me the logic of why you're definitely seeing it at home. I think
0: that, unfortunately, I have to admit, <laughs> convenience is king. Mm-hmm. And... As a father of two, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but I live across the street from a movie theater, hmm,
1: interesting.
0: which couldn't be more convenient in the before times, you know, but even then it was, you know, basically everybody goes to sleep. Daddy goes to the late show, walks across the street, <laughs> buys his good and plenty's and his uh-huh. box of popcorn
1: and this is the movie theater you're going to, not the uh, not, other not unsavory the, location. Yeah, not the strip
2: club yeah. called Happy Place. Yeah, yeah Daddy.
0: <laughs> Don't pay attention to which direction Daddy walks. It's across the street. He'll be buying his good and plenties and his box of popcorn. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And he'll be sitting alone in a darkened room. You know, those mm-hmm. could
2: work either way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, is that so what Yeah, it's not like then. that was inconvenient, but still, you know, it's more convenient than that not even putting pants on <laughs> uh yeah i mean i think i have you know i have a, a decent tv i have a uh, good sound I, I won't be using my good sound i'll be using earphones because But good, good headphones yeah probably. good headphones yeah yeah, yeah good, good headphones. headphones um so yeah it's just it's just at this point you know, as much as we've said, and I, I'm agreeing with you guys. I don't think mm-hmm. I feel it as deeply and intensely as Devendra does. Devendra, every week is like, I can't wait to be back in a movie theater. I can't wait to be. I mean, and I get it, guys. I, yeah, I get it. yeah, I get it. I get it, dude. I, I, and I admire that. I, I love that. I, I feel that to a certain extent. But if you're gonna give me the option, Disney. I'm gonna stay home. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. Sure. I'm gonna stay home. I'm gonna. It's, I, I it's don't easy. Think
2: Disney cares either. This isn't like no. an HBO Max situation, right? Where it's like, all oh, right, I guess. I guess it's free now. I guess we're just gonna take this hit. Disney's like Mickey Mouse is like, oh, sorry, folks. Now you get to pay us thirty bucks instead yeah. of fifteen ish yeah. to see it. You know, for one person. So
0: it's true. It is more expensive. Pissed. That mm-hmm. that that's a good point. And my frugal nature is fighting with my lazy nature.
1: <laughs> yeah it turns both, out both, both, yeah, the the most awesome parts of Jeff's, Jeff's personality are, are yeah, doing battling it out in a, yeah. a, a, guys, a guys. winner-take-all.
2: <laughs> we have not talked about the most important thing, <laughs> yeah. which is when uh, we reactivate the A-list.
0: Oh, mm. man. I've gotten emails already from yeah. AMC. Yeah. I, they're just chomping at the bit to get me to reactivate that At that point, that it'll
2: shit. cost you nothing, Jeff. It's I know. We'll walk across I the street. I know.
0: I know, They're but probably as, empty theater. Yeah, when my when my lazy side battles my frugal side, uh, I, I all I need to do is show you my
1: Doordash bill, and you'll know who wins. <laughs> <laughs> Davinder, are you going to go see Black Widow in the movie theater?
2: It depends. I'm not sure about this one, to be honest. Um, there are things I'm really looking forward to. And Edgar Wright over the weekend tweeted out that uh, Scott Pilgrim is going to be having its Dolby, you know, cinema debut at the end of April, which. Y- I'm I'm sad for a lot of people cuz not everyone's going to be vaccinated but by that point I'll be within the okay window and I would go when it's not too crowded but yeah I th- I want that to be the first movie you know that welcomes me back to theaters because I love that movie so much I'll still need to think about this one
1: I saw an interesting so yeah in terms of black widow for me we'll we'll see how things play out I mean according to news we're on the verge of a third way or fourth fifth. wave fifth i think fifth? Yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever it is like so who knows what the situation is yeah. going to be but who Hopefully, could have
2: imagined it's... relaxing all of our rules <laughs> you know, for no reason also though if you're the cdc director
0: you're not you're not supposed to get up there and go i'm terrified uh i, I you know i had nightmares
2: point, <laughs> at this point he's like guys what what else can i tell you
0: i you guess know? yeah just seems a little irresponsible to be like we're all doomed
1: That's <laughs>
2: <God. He's> right <laughs> Through. I
1: think you are referring to uh, the remarks this week that were made by, let's see, I want to look it up, um, uh, Director uh, Walensky from yeah. the, uh, CDC. the CDC. And she yeah. says, uh, she said, <laughs> she warned of impending doom yeah. as uh, COVID cases are rising. And she says, right now, I'm scared. I so badly want to be done, so I'm just asking you to hold on a little longer. For the love of God, America, listen to me. (laughs) I mean, how does she she feel?
2: (laughs) Because the governor of Georgia, um, amidst uh, signing sweeping, you know, anti-democratic voting laws, um, is is not listening to anything they're saying. You know, and is prepared to open up this state very soon. The CDC is based right here. It's right there. Yeah. But, Jeff,
1: I, I think uh, the idea—so this is Rochelle Walensky in the last week talking about this. And I think what you're trying to say, Jeff, is the CDC is supposed to be like your parents, right? They're not supposed to say, we're all doomed. <laughs> you know what I mean? yes. Like <laughs> They're not supposed just, to
0: raise panic. I mean, I, I understand <laughs> the idea of of uh, you know uh, informing people of the urgency of the moment, but I don't think you're supposed to be— it's, it's you know, been a year about,
2: of, uh, you know, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. And that hasn't worked, Jeff. It hasn't worked. We need <laughs> some doom and gloom over here, okay?
0: Yeah, I guess. I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> this uh, reminds me of that Simpsons scene where it's like, would you say, Kent Brockman saying, like, would you say it's time for our viewers to crack each other's heads open and feast on the <laughs> goo inside? And it's like, yes, I would, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. Um. <laughs> so... So anyway, uh, is that the, is that actually the quote?
2: I don't think it's. That, I don't but. think it's. But that was pretty <laughs> it's good. Fine. It, it worked.
1: Now I'm like, now I'm doubting myself. I'm doubting myself. Um, yeah, no, I think that's it. I, I think that's it. It says, professor, without knowing precisely what the danger is, would you say it's time for our viewers to crack each of his heads open and feast on the goo inside? Yes, oh, I can. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Without so, knowing precisely what the danger is, is the funny part.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So on that note, uh, Luca, the new Pixar film, is going to skip theaters and premiere exclusively on Disney Plus at no extra charge. Hey
2: Matthew, I wonder Matthew, how did they make that decision. I was way. just yeah. going to say that yeah. same thing.
0: Like, what's yeah. the what's the process by which you're like, oh, your shit movie can be free on Disney Plus? Matthew, yeah,
1: Matthew Bologna, the the uh, former head of Hollywood Reporter, tweeted the following today. He said, "Quote." Just talked to a Pixar friend who says Luca and Soul moving to Disney Plus have been demoralizing for employees. Uh, the friend said, "Quote: Forget theaters. We're not even good enough for an upcharge." End quote. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Which, like, and then people descended that's like a upon Seinfeld him. Seinfeld episode. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get the one with the peanuts. Not even the peanuts one. <laughs> uh, he, he was then like people like descended upon this tweet. They're like. You know how dare this person? How dare this person from Pixar say this? And I gotta say, I'm a little bit mixed on this because, on the one hand, mm-hmm. if you don't do the like doing the upcharge is a is theoretically a way to motivate people to go to theaters. And the people who made Luca, they thought that they were making the movie for theaters, right? Like when they were working on it for the last several years. Uh, at the same time, maybe we shouldn't be motivating people to go to theaters during you know July, June, July. We don't know. We don't know I either. think
0: the problem yeah. is that all of those people thought they were making a movie mm-hmm. when the only thing that anyone makes anymore is content. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that's the real paradigm that everybody has to adopt now. If you're working on anything, it's content. And
1: that's the way of the world now. Well, that's extremely bleak. And also, maybe it's not going to be that way in, in the next few months. Maybe the theaters are going to come back, Jeff. Mm. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I wouldn't say I'm bullish on theaters coming back in a big way, but I think there's still going to be a thing. This thing, this whole thing uh, with the vaccines has happened a lot faster than I thought. Yeah. So
0: I'm more optimistic now than I have been this entire time, this entire year. And then I read the CDC director's comments.
1: (laughs) Impending doom. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I would be a little bit bummed if I was, you know, if I was working on Luca and they're like, Hey, we're just going to throw it on, on Disney plus for free, no extra charge uh, as a consumer. I'm thrilled. Uh, but I can imagine myself being in that situation and be like, wow, really? You're not even going to just, you, you don't even need to do the full 30 bucks. Maybe just do like a little five, $10 upcharge, something like that. I don't know. Um, it's uh,
2: yeah. If if you're only looking at like box office n- numbers, right? Like if that's how you're judging the worth of your movie rather than, Maybe there should be other things Disney Plus is talking about. Like, hey, because of this movie, we got this many more subscribers. Right, right. More than usual. More more people will see it now, right? Yeah, well, for sure. So Kids can actually see it more
1: easily, yeah. yeah. Do do you
0: guys think that this is basically the same thing as the Rolling Stones or somebody being like, I thought we were making an album. (laughs) But, you know, I'm really disappointed because I thought we were making an album. But now we're just making... singles singles for a streaming service it's like it's basically that same thing is happening to this industry it's it's yeah no there's nobody's interested in albums anymore it's no albums it's not an (laughs) album it yeah i mean maybe there's taylor swift drops an album but nobody listens to the album they listen to the single on the thing you know they they talk out loud to their device and it plays the single
1: i can't wait to watch luca as it was originally intended a series of TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what the future of content is. Yeah. Is uh, is on the I TikToks. Mean, don't don't see.
2: knock it. I uh, it's it's great. I love I, it. I, I wasn't. I was saying it's the future of, of it's entertainment. future of entertainment. Um, because it takes two minutes and then I can move on with my life. It's amazing. Dude, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's great. DeVindra, you're you're
0: right. You're, there's if only there was a Hollywood-backed short form. <laughs> so we we this
1: yep, is a billion yep. dollar idea yeah, we should if run it, with really it a way this. to show them qu- quick quick, video, quick, quick, quick bites or something quick right quick bites yeah. yes no you're right good good call mm. anyway all right so we're we're psyched about uh, uh, Luca being on Disney Plus cuz we're going to be able to see it really easily uh, and also that's another thing we don't need to decide on for what to review that week <laughs> 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 and, and Black Widow uh, we're going to uh, maybe go into theaters to see. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, I we'll will see. say, so uh, I've started to evaluate like what movie theater, what like after we're vaccinated, uh, we're probably going to try to rent uh, the, the theater a couple of times because they are now offering that, right? You can rent a theater and the pricing is relatively interesting. Um, <laughs> relatively. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, so what do you think would be like, let's say you could rent a theater for you and, 20 friends not not that you should see a movie with 20 people right now right, but like right. let's say that was an option
0: well what kind of what kind of theater are we talking about we're we talking about like the you know the back of the multiplex that's like got 200 seats in it yes are we talking yeah. about yes, the like front of the, of the small, multiplex I,
1: I, I gotta assume it's one of the smaller ones right they're
0: right? not giving you like the the big yeah. you know yeah. 500 700 seat ones at the front say right like
1: 150 yeah. 150 or so $150 yeah. is what you're saying you would pay. Wow, that's That's very what, ins- that's what I
2: imagine. Also, I've looked at prices at
1: a couple different
0: places. $150 for a whole theater? That seems seems really low.
1: Yeah, so the way it works is it's uh 1 to 20 guests. Mm-hmm. Is is how you can for MC, right? So if you, I, would, I would, I would, I excluded you, from a list, un- unfortunately. Well,
0: before you um, even reveal the number, I would yeah. guess if you're doing like 20 guests, yes, my guess would be, 20, which by the way,
1: we're not saying you should do because mm-hmm. it's no, not, course. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway,
0: but if, if it, the pricing is based on up to 20 guests, I would, I would assume that it's 20 times whatever a ticket price is sort of as a baseline.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so if a ticket price is what?
0: $15,
1: yeah. $12? Yeah.
0: 50, $15 yeah. times 20 is a number.
1: So, uh, like 300 me, bucks, right? <laughs> 15 times <laughs> 20 math. is a number. Uh, I'm sure someone could do it in their head. <laughs> we need to whip out the calculator now. Though. Um, so, uh, we, the our bubble is getting vaccinated soon, and also like uh, a lot of people that we know are getting vaccinated. At the, uh, so, we're like, okay, maybe we could like go see a movie with some vaxxed people, right? So, I started exploring what theater rentals are and uh most of the first run movies like the the premiere movies, are two hundred fifty dollars for yeah, okay. a theater yeah yeah, yep. yeah so it's like pretty sense. reasonable yeah that's not bad. uh and then it goes there's a sharp sharp drop from two hundred fifty to older movies that are hundred dollars. Yes. So let me, yes. let me read off some like $250 movies. Like Nobody. That's a movie I want to see. Uh, Ryan, the last dragon, Tom and Jerry. Can you imagine paying $250 to see Tom and Jerry? That's depressing. Um, <laughs> News of the world, the Judas and the black Messiah, uh, wonder woman, 1984, the little things. So these are all $250. Uh, and then there's like uh, promising young woman, although that's relatively new. Uh, then there's Jurassic world back to the future. Uh, Indiana yeah. Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, that would be uh, rad. Bridesmaids, Field of Dreams, Forrest Gump, Scream. Uh these are all Beverly Hills Cop. These are all $100. Wow. That's
2: so pretty great. That's fun.
1: We, yeah, yeah, so we're probably going to do probably one of each, probably one of the new ones and probably one of the old ones. Um and invite as many people as we feel comfortable with who are fully vaccinated. Um depending on what the laws I don't know what the like guidelines are at that point about like small gatherings, but anyway, uh, yeah, so it's an option and it's a way to see relatively newer movies, but, uh, it makes more sense if you can invite at least, you know, five, seven people to go along with you. But of course, a weird time to do that considering I haven't seen five, seven people in one space
2: <laughs> in over
1: a year. So it's been a while. Would yeah. you, wait,
2: let me ask you guys, guys, this, like, would you feel safer about controlling this thing versus trying to go to like a matinee or something where, you know, there that you, you can look at the seating chart. And see that there's like nobody else. You know, we're yeah. very few people. Hundred percent, hundred percent.
1: This is okay. this is how it's going to be. If if Black Widow is viewable in this format, it's probably what I'm going to do. Okay. Um, but I don't know if this is. You know, who knows what the situation's going to be at that point. So, anyway, it's an option. Um, and it's probably safer than going with a bunch of randos who may or may not respect mask rules. So, I mean, it's uh, it, it, at that point. Like,
0: if you can do it right, it's not even two hundred fifty dollars to see a movie. It's yeah a uh, 20th of twenty two hundred fifty 250 dollars which is right. a number is it is right. clearly or a tenth, a number
2: or a 10th of it you know depending
1: on how many people you invite
2: let so, me yeah. tell you guys something that is currently influencing my decision too i just locked in um a, a couple of theater seats for for my basement as i slowly roll things out so i, I got the, i got the the like recliner and yes, it has like a little did. a little cup holder with leds it has a tablet holder like it wow. is wow nice it is the thing so it's like okay somebody moved to georgia is paying off pretty great it is uh, <laughs> zero to other downsides of being in georgia no other obviously. downsides being here yeah. um but you know like as you as, as people upgrade their systems and stuff to like i've talked to a lot of people who are now investing more in their home theaters because they miss the bigger screens or whatever the better sound yeah. so yeah. this is one of those things it's a good quality of life upgrade um you know it's going to it's going to be a good thing for watching movies and playing games for a while. Um, I don't know. Like this is all coming to my decisions right now. Also, my closest AMC is now 20 minutes away, not across the street. So everything's a drive now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. However you choose to see movies, we hope you're staying safe. Uh, we hope you're getting vaccinated, wearing a mask, being respectful, uh, but yeah, it's going to be a slow transition. We'll be here to guide you along with it, and by guide you along, I mean share with you our neuroses,
2: follow our health advice. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, not not at all, not at all. All right, folks, let's get to what we've been watching this week at your recommendation, gentlemen. Yes, uh, and, and you know, on, on that note, recommendations. If you want to make a recommendation, you got to all you got to do is use the hashtag slash tag on Twitter. So good. Just type in hashtag slash tag on Twitter. That's how you can recommend things to us.
0: So great. You can see other people's recommendations. I use it all the time. I love it. Thank you, all of you who give us the hashtag slash tag recommendations. Hey, I want to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor, Dark Air with Terry Carnation. That's right. What a great title. Uh, This is perfect entertainment for fans of The Office. Rain Wilson in general radio rental you got to you got to check out Dark Air with Terry Carnation it is created by Rain Wilson and Aaron Lee and Rain Wilson stars as the titular Terry Carnation a late night talk show host who does a show called Dark Air which deals with bizarre topics outrageous callers and mysteries And the show Dark Air with Terry Carnation is a behind the scenes look at Terry Carnation's return to late night AM radio after a three year hiatus, which started around the time of his wife's death. And you hear from a caller who is living with an opinionated spirit, another caller who shares details about her dog that can see ghosts with his lazy eye, uh, a, a call with someone who may just be terry's late wife it's pretty cool you got to be open to all possibilities when listening to dark air with terry carnation it is a darkly funny new podcast from audio boom with an all-star cast i mean these are people you're going to recognize rain wilson as i said karen sony from deadpool al Madrigal from the daily show yvette nicole brown from community And there's going to be an office reunion on an upcoming episode with Angela Kinsey, Kate Flannery, and Creed Bratton making guest appearances. Dark Air with Terry Carnation premieres April 1st and releases new episodes every Thursday. Listen to Dark Air with Terry Carnation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I watched this movie called Bad Trip on Netflix this week. Uh, And this is by Kitao Sakurai, Uh, and it stars Eric Andre and Lil Rel Howery as uh, two best friends who go on a road trip. Uh, Eric Andre's character is somebody who's fallen in love. But the the premise does not convey what the movie is actually about and or consists of. I mean, it's
2: the Eric Andre show as a movie, basically.
1: Yeah, it's like a combination yeah. of... I would describe it as a combination of Borat and Jackass in the sense mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Uh, Borat... And
0: Bad Grandpa, it, a little bit. And
1: ba- yeah, Bad Grandpa. It's by the guys that made gra- yeah, Bad Grandpa, according yeah. to the marketing. But yeah, um, it, it, Borat tried to tell a story uh, using real-life people. They it had a script, and they're like, we're going to make the script happen in the real world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's basically what Bad Trip on Netflix does. Uh, but it's similar to Jackass because... Unlike Borat, I would say the pranks are much more outrageous uh, in in Bad Trip. Like they're they're much more shocking, dangerous. I think the yeah, distinction
0: nice. is the distinction is Borat would like to prank you without you ever knowing it was a prank. Right. Yes, and Bad Trip is a classic, you know, um, um, punked style. Oh my God, something crescendos and there's no way this could be a real thing. And everybody comes out and goes, we got you. You know, that's, that's the difference, right? Thank you for
2: referencing punk. The thing I have not thought about is punk was
0: candid camera for an entire generation. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's what, you know, this is, Borat wants to slink away and you just be like, wow, that was a strange interaction I had with that I- entirely real human being. Maybe, uh,
1: maybe I'll sue that guy later, which is what has <laughs> happened a bunch yeah. of times with Borat, right?
0: Yeah, but Bed but, uh, Trip is like everybody laughs at the end and they're like, we well, got you. They don't put that in the movie until the end credits. But it's, you know, it, I assume that at every one of these, it's all, ha ha, sign the release, wasn't that a great time?
2: Everybody laughs except for the guy who pulls a knife, and then the other guy who like tries to start a fight with them. Actually, yeah. in the bar, like yeah. it's uh, this it's dangerous. This is a dangerous it's, thing. It's, it's dangerous. Like
1: yeah, every single time one of these things happens, um, <laughs> okay. So the the movie is made up of a series of pranks, and every single time one of these pranks happens, I'm like terrified because I'm like, yeah. what is is somebody gonna pull a gun one yeah, of these times? Yeah. You know, is someone gonna whip out also a gun? Also, because in, most like,
2: of this movie is shot in Georgia, just from things yeah. I see around, like there is actually. Uh, something involving a Chinese finger trap, uh, that, 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 uh, Chinese restaurant is right next door to the bakery where I bought my daughter's birthday cake, you know? So it's like, yeah. Shout out to Oriental Pearl. They're fantastic, they're yeah. <laughs> but 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 the point being, uh, it,
1: it's dangerous because you 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 can't predict what people's reactions are, and so I do have a lot of mixed feelings about watching a movie like this. Mm-hmm, in the sense mm-hmm. that you know, uh, I I think fundamentally what they're doing could be dangerous, and also I feel a little uh, icky just because like there, I, I I came up with the scale, guys, like mm-hmm. different gradations of this kind of reality prank show things. Right, on the one hand, you have people like the people on Nathan for you uh, who they, they literally a, a simple Google search of Nathan Fielder, watch 10 minutes of his show. You know what that is. And they are asking to be part of it, right? Like that's, so you, you deserve everything you get in that situation. And then there's people who are just like kind of innocent bystanders who is like, whatever it's um it's n- not as big of a deal in the sense that like, if you're capturing a person's reaction to something I, I don't mind that much, but some of these people that are involved in these pranks are actively trying to help. You know what I mean? Sure, and it, sure. feels, yes. it feels, it feels weird to me to like kind of get one over on these people who are like kind humans. You that's, know what I mean? that's how
0: I feel about yeah. all of these. I mean, it, there's even moments in Borat where you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. that person is just being a good person for a moment. Right? Yeah. And, th- yeah, and yeah. this, the, the situation, the, the contrivance that is inflicted upon them is, is, is really mining their goodwill for laughs it's yeah. like, it, and there's nothing they can do to make the situation better because they're being actively worked against in that moment
2: and it, it just feels like oh that's it's, that's really sucks. sad yeah. you know, it, it doesn't it, it make it them sucks. look bad like they yeah. still look good you know they look like yeah. the people trying to help and I, I think they come away from that pretty good but yeah, yeah. but, but you dave um all, uh, all, yeah, all that said i
1: do want to just say this is one of the greatest movies of all time. Um so I couldn't sometimes I have trouble sleeping. I get a little insomnia sometimes. So I, d- I decided to like uh put this on in bed like on a on a tablet. And uh I I was my wife was complaining I was shaking the bed laughing so yeah, hard from this movie. It's very funny. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Everyone in funny. this like Eric Andre is obviously fearless but just like seeing Tiffany Haddish Go around and just terrorize. Dude, she people. is,
0: she is the one who I was so worried about. Like she's just brutalizing people.
1: Yes, she's just it's, terror. And it's yeah. not usually the role that she plays, too. So it's just like, yeah, it's it's amusing to see it because it's just not who she usually. That's not the type of character she usually plays. And she is so intense and scary in this yeah, movie.
0: Totally. Yeah.
1: Um. So it's it's actually really wonderful to see it. But I had a great time with Bad Trip. What did you guys think of it overall?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic, right? <laughs> like, it's are,
0: uh Yeah, there are some sequences in it that w- are among the funniest things I've seen in a long time. There there yeah. are, yeah, I, yeah. There, there are, I don't even want to spoil any of them. Yeah, but don't, there don't are. Spoil mm-hmm. Don't spoil there it. Don't spoil it. There are like pure, pure gotcha ideas that you just like. uh And there are things that happen. uh <laughs> There's a moment where. Uh, he goes back into the cage yep, a yep, second time. Yep. That I was just like, that's genius. It's genius. <laughs> it's genius. Uh, so funny. so funny. Go ahead, Devendra. Uh,
2: no, it, it is fantastic. And I'll say, I, I think it is a more consumable version of what Eric Andre really does a lot in his show, right? Like I've tried watching the Eric Andre show with my wife. She is not, she's just not down for his insanity. Like he is pure chaos as a, as a comedian and as a personality I like his show. I enjoyed a lot, but yeah, it can also only take in small doses. This is a really good mix of his stuff and his, like his sense of chaos, the way he constructs pranks, but also like a decent narrative. Like it's nothing like it's, it's nothing like incredible here, but it's a, it's a lovely story about friends and there is a heart to it that I still appreciate too. And like, it's just this movie kind of broke the way I thought how movies get made. Cause I started watching like a TV show, a TV show or something right after this. And I was like, so is, is, are, are they all in this too? Are they all in on this? Like, is this part real? Is this not like the way this movie is constructed makes it hard for me to process how future movies are constructed because it, it kind of breaks the artifice of movies in a way. It is just fantastic. Yeah. Right. Because,
1: um, it doesn't, it's it's one of these things that like blends the like bends the line between fiction and 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 uh, and documentary, right? Like you don't. And, and what's interesting about it is it uses the language of the visual language of prank shows, which yes. is yep. to say, yep. lo-fi yes. GoPro footage, <laughs> right. right? Like when cameras you see placed it, in
0: weird locations. Correct. Correct. Yeah.
1: So when you see it, the brain automatically connects it to, oh, I'm I'm watching real people, even if it yeah. wasn't real people you would still think that that's the case because they're using GoPro footage or, or whatever you know? And so yeah. I just find that fascinating because, and they don't comment on it ever. They, they never say like, this is done using real people or whatever. Like they don't say any of that, yeah. but just by using the, those types of cameras at shot at that resolution and digital quality, like you, the brain automatically understands, Oh, I get what you're doing. And I thought that was, that was interesting. Yeah. And,
0: and as much as Borat will, play a scene that needs to happen in the context of his movie inside a, you know, an unsuspecting group of people's experience, you know, he'll he'll do that. I think this movie does it way more and longer. Like mm-hmm. there are entire sequences where you're just watching a movie where all the extras don't know they're in a movie yet, you know? And it's, yeah. it's really kind of fascinating to see that happen because a lot of the pranks, a lot of the... the, I mean, by the way, there are more sort of pranks per minute in this movie than I think...
2: The opening sequence would, of this movie is just like, yeah, more than most, most anything, yeah. And, and, and a lot of the pranks are built
0: from the concept, it seems to me, are built from the concept of... What would it be like if a movie scene happened in real life? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot of these mo- these moments that they play as ridiculous and over the top as you would find in a, a rom com or a you know m- movies that are uh, that are that we all know the tropes of. But if it happened to you sitting next to you in real life, you know, like standing up on the bus and proclaiming your love, you know, all these things. Right. It, it's really, I think, clever to do that in front of people that don't know that it's a movie and see how that actually would yeah. land on
1: people. You yeah, know, it's it really fascinating. Me of, uh, it reminded me of improv everywhere. You ever yes, uh, watch totally. the stunts that they do? Yeah. Yes. It basically like, what happens if everyone just starts doing a flash mob and dancing out of nowhere? Yeah. Like what, what are people's reactions to that? You know? Yeah. Uh and this kind of is a similar dynamic where (laughs) but
2: much more horrific for the audience most of the time. (laughs) Much more disturbing and scarring for them. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Correct. 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 I, I will say to to what you were saying before, Dave, about like, yeah, is this good the way we do this to audiences? Um A lot of things, as I've started perusing the old TikTok, um, (laughs) there there are a lot of people just doing pranks, you know, doing pranks for the views and for the TikTok cloud and YouTube cloud, too. Like, this has been a thing for a while, and it it is gross as hell it is like it is them putting people or their kids or their pets in danger or like it is, it's not great. So because we I'm, have a, we yeah. have
1: these visual, these social networks that incentivize shocking behavior. Mm-hmm, like if mm-hmm. you do something shocking, um, you get more followers, you get more views and you can convert that into money. Like we literally are making it yep. so that you can profit off of being a shocking capitalism as right humanly now. possible. Yeah. And, uh, it's well, in a no, lot of ways, that's what this movie is. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. This is speaking of things that people profit off of by shocking people potentially to the point of like danger.
2: This movie, Bad, bad <laughs> yeah. Trip, available on bad Netflix. Trip. Get your yeah. subscription now.
1: So I think we all enjoyed it and also questioned some of the ethics of watching movies like Completely. this. Completely, yes, for sure. But it was a it was a great time, and I'm just like. And the thing is, here's the thing: is when you watch jackass or this movie like it takes a lot of inventiveness to come up with these pranks it's not mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. hey we farted in some guy's face it's like you needed th- they needed to come up with this entire setup and like figure out a way to film it capture it, make it happen like yeah. Yeah. make it part of the the story they're trying to tell it it really is very very creative um but it's just yeah, yeah. so and the uh, premises
0: uh, yeah. the premises are often very clever and that's what i liked about bad trip a lot is is that it wasn't just uh, you know, hit me in the nuts or, or whatever, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it, it, the premises were clever or it will swerve you. Like there's a th- scene at the car wash where you think it's about making people watch a love story happen and involve right. them in some way, or, oh, he's going to ask this guy to do so. And then it becomes something completely different and surprising. Yes.
1: Yes. It's it's clever. It's a, yeah. It's
0: got an intelligence to it that I appreciated.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's bad trip. It's on Netflix. Check it out if you want to laugh. Um, oh, I wouldn't watch it with kids or parents, though.
2: <laughs> it's very raunchy. Very raunchy. Yeah, the, you know? uh, the, the old... I mean, depends on, depends on the parents. No, no. Wouldn't yeah. watch
1: it with kids or parents. That's, that's how I feel about it. Depends on um, your
2: relationship with your parents. <laughs> yeah. All right. Devinder Hardwar, what have you watched this week? Oh, a bunch of things. I want to shout out this, uh, this series that just premiered on Apple TV. It's called Cults. Have you heard of this? I've only I've heard, heard of it, it
0: because I've been hashtag slash tagged a couple of times at yes. me yes. Call, yes.
2: calls, and it's like it looks like this audio experiment of some it kind. Is, of it is, yeah, no it's visual, in, right? It's uh, well, there are visuals, but it is it is basically like a podcast. It is a podcast yeah. that you audio watch
0: play or something.
2: Audio play, um, and it's directed uh, by Fede Alvarez, who did uh, Don't Breathe, you know, and the the Evil Dead remake. Who I really I really dig his work. Um, this is a uh, this love is him he also did the girl of dragon
1: tattoo sequel yeah. which was not as good but yes i yeah. love his other films
2: i yeah i think he's I really talented. that was gonna be the biggest thing in the world sorry oh man sidetracked oh, on that. oh man um but yeah this is it's a weird thing because it's just sort of like it's like creepy pasta calls that you watch on your tv so i actually didn't i started watching some of them on my tv i was like why why am i doing this i don't need to see here so i put them on as i was like playing hades you know for a couple of runs and there are these crazy um but people might not know what creepy pasta things are. Sure, it. sure. So, so like creepy yeah. stories, just weird, yeah. weird things happening, like Twilight Zone-esque stories happening. Um, and they play out within like 10 to 15 minutes. So they're like really bite-sized little narratives. And that's that's all the show is. And there's sort of like an interlocking narrative going on here. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe aliens. Maybe maybe some supernatural stuff. I don't know. Um, but it's really cool to listen to these episodes and hear things kind of play out. Um, it reminds me of the X-Files in a way, too, because every episode is very different. Um, I believe only a few kind of connect to each other. It has a really stacked cast, too. Like, Aubrey is in this, Clancy Brown, Rosaria Dawson, Mark Duplass. Like, I guess people—Danny Houston's in this—people uh, where they could just send them, like, a microphone— You know, and um, I I did a quick interview with Fidei at the Engadget podcast with this, too. Um, They would just send people a microphone kit and he would basically direct them over Zoom. And then um, he also told me, like, he didn't watch them. He kind of just listened to how they were performing and kind of, like, directed them based on just the sound of their voice. Um, It's a really interesting experiment. I was kind of skittish on it at first. Uh, it just seemed like something that didn't really need to be on TV. Like just just make this a podcast series, right? But I think the visuals are interesting, um, and the presentation's interesting. It is you, know, you can treat it like a podcast if you want. I just think it's a really cool experiment in terms of audio content. So it's worth checking out if you like uh, spooky stories, if you like Twilight Zone or the X Files, or any of these uh, these cast members. I, I think there are some really cool stories in here. That's calls. And it's streaming right now on Apple TV+. Plus. Yes. Devinder, anything else you've been watching? Want to shout out the Tina documentary, the Tina Turner documentary that's on HBO Max right now, uh, directed by Daniel Lindsay and TJ Martin. Um, I don't know about you guys and w- what you think of Tina Turner and her music. I grew up listening to her stuff because my parents loved her. You know, my parents, they don't really go go out very much. They didn't go to many concerts, but they went to Tina Turner's concert um, at least once uh, in Connecticut. And I, I feel like as we look back at rock icons and music icons, she has been forgotten a bit. And I think a lot of people feel that way too. And this movie is her basically trying to reclaim her story and her place in history. And I think it's fantastic. So Actually, it's it is worth a watch. If you if you don't think you even care about Tina Turner's music or anything, if you care about the history of pop culture, you you should watch this and see like the essential role she played in the history of music. And um, this dives deep into her career and certainly her relationship with Ike Turner. And yeah, this movie like really goes deep into the abuse that he wrought upon her too. Like it is, it is. Like really compelling because she's giving um, more access, I believe, than she ever has to her life. She is telling her own story on camera too, and it is horrific what Ike Turner did to her and what she kind of survived. Um, and she just lived with that for decades. But this story also goes into her like how she how she became free, and it tells that part of the story. And it's like this almost like an action movie moment that she's relaying about her life, and that goes into her solo career and kind of where things went from there. I think it is. Fantastic. I think it's worth a watch. Um, I'm interested in the way history is written, you know, and I feel like if she didn't get out there and start telling the story, there was a Broadway play too, I believe, right? Um, it's important that these things get out there, and I think people should pay attention. There are also some great commenters on this too. Kurt Loder shows up because, of course, he also wrote a book on her, I believe. Oprah Winfrey's here. Uh, Angela Bassett chimes in quite a bit. This is fantastic. It's on HBO Max. Just Just watch it. You'll love it.
1: I've heard this is good. Um, I don't have much of a, of a Tina Turner fandom personally, but I've heard the do- documentary is good. H- how do you compare this to like the Billie Eilish documentary, which you just watched recently as well? Well, right? I mean,
2: the big difference there is like I, I love Billie Eilish. Like I love what she's doing. I love what she stands for right now. And Tina Turner is somebody I've always appreciated, but I've just never really like I've never sat down and just like listen to her music, you know, and found a way to like, it's not something I listen to in my spare time, but she has been around. She's been a part of my life in, in more ways than one. So I'm fascinated with her as a personality, Um, as a, but I, I think, in terms yeah. of
1: filmmaking technique, do you think, like, are they mm. similar or, like, are their styles the same? Or? I feel
2: like this one's much more traditional, right? Because hmm. the, the Billie Eilish one had the benefit of actually being with her early on. Right. It was career, a lot of, like, like,
1: documentary, like, actual footage of yeah. being there. And There's fly-on-the-wall stuff there. Right. And
2: here, not right. so much. Um, yeah. It's much more traditional, but I think it's worth a watch. But, yeah, they're, they're both very good. If you had to choose one, I'd say go for the Billie Eilish one just right now because it is um, – her story is also really fascinating. I think her music is very essential right now. But this is just watch it. You know, you do, you don't. We watch documentaries about the dumbest shit. You can spend two hours of your life educating yourself on the you know the queen of rock and roll. That's Tina.
1: It's streaming right now on HBO Max, and that is what Divinger Hardwar has been watching.
0: It's time for me to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor. Manscaped spring break is right around the corner. And you know what that means? Spring break in your pants. Manscaped TM is here to ensure that the party in your pants never stops. Even Veronica Corningstone wouldn't say no to this pants party. Do you get the reference? Yeah, I thought you might. For everyone preparing for a pants party this spring break, I have an exclusive 20% off discount. Use FilmCast at manscaped.com. Now let me tell you, you want to groom yourself, but you don't want to make mistakes. I have stories. Let me tell you about painful pricks on my stuff. It's not good. You don't want to feel it. You don't want to use substandard materials. That's why Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawn Mower TM 3.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer and also a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest or a ball shave. Are your chest or balls in need of shaving? Look down right now, tell me. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced Skin Safety TM technology pioneered by Manscaped TM. You can also adjust the settings to length you like and stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. Don't ruin any vibes this spring break or upcoming summer with some peaking pubes coming out of your swimsuit. Oh, the worst. Be sure to use their Crop Cleanser TM Body Wash to keep your body and skin feeling healthy and fresh. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped TM Cropped Preserver TM Ball Deodorant, an anti-chaving ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. Ouch. You'll also find the Crop Reviver TM Ball Toner, a spray-on testy toner that's designed to give your boys a little slice of heaven. (laughs) For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value add, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped TM Boxers. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code filmcast at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tool for the job, TM. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FilmCast at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code FilmCast. Say aloha to your new beautiful balls with Manscaped TM.
2: Hey, everyone. I've been looking for ways to make my home feel a bit more comfortable these days, especially since I have two cats. That means I've got multiple litter boxes and uh i can't really run away from them these days we're not really going many places at the moment and with previous litters i would just encounter a lot of dust and uh, smells that i didn't really want to deal with then i found pretty litter and it does so much more than trap odor it's one of the most unique cat litters i've seen it uses ultra absorbent crystals to trap odor it lasts up to a month and um You know, compared to traditional clay litter, you don't really have to scoop as much because it absorbs urine. You just kind of have to scoop out the poop and you barely smell it at all. It's also safer for your cat and pretty much the entire household. Clay litters have irritants that could really trigger asthma and allergies. Pretty litters, super light crystals, just don't have any of those issues. I also appreciate the fact that it arrives safely at my door in a small lightweight box. Shipping is free, and I never have to worry about storing bulky containers. Previously, when I was living in New York, I had to lug bulky containers around, and it's still not that convenient, even though I have a car now. It also helps that I don't even really have to think about ordering Pretty Litter again. It just kind of comes on a recurring delivery. But what I really appreciate about Pretty Litter is that it changes colors to help detect early signs of potential illness in my cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. That's been helpful for me, especially as my cats are getting older and I really need to keep tabs on their health. So, do what I did and make the switch to Pretty Litter today. Get 20% off your first order by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code filmcast. That's prettylitter.com, promo code filmcast for 20% off. prettylitter.com, promo code filmcast. Jeff Kanata, what have you been
1: watching this week?
0: A bunch of things, but primarily I want to talk about something I have been very much anticipating. And it is Invincible Mm. on... Uh, Amazon Prime. This is the the animated, hour-long, nearly hour-long, animated series uh, based on the comic book by the same guy that did Walking Dead. Uh, It is a comic book that I loved. We reviewed on the Totally Rad show uh, a decade ago. Crazy. Uh, It is a, a very, very cool comic book uh, about the son of basically superman you know the idea here is that superman an, an analog for superman and an analog for lois lane had a kid and this is that kid and he uh, he has powers too
1: which and, by the way which by the way you know as we pointed out a couple weeks ago or was it last week like if you want to tell a superman-esque story uh-huh. fancy that you don't actually need to use superman Right. Yeah, you, it's you been can done use, a
0: billion times. That you the, can use
1: a completely different character that doesn't happen to be Superman. Anyway, right. there are there are countless
0: analogs for the Justice League. It's it happens over and over and over again. Marvel has done Squadron Supreme is an analog for the. I mean, you have the, the those archetypes: the the Superman, the Batman, the Wonder Woman, the Flash, the Green. All, they're everywhere, and it's everybody has their version. And Invincible is no different. Robert Kirkman wrote his version of the the JLA uh and it created you know this kind of what if idea of you know what of a, a young version of 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 a superman progeny um get, got powers but this is this series is kind of i think a, an anomaly it is crazy that it exists to me i mean we're we're so far into the weeds on Geek stuff, but it still seems to me wild that you can have an animated hour long adult superhero series that is violent and R rated and, uh, you know, has curse words and sex. And it is about superheroes as superheroes a superhero can be. And it is animated like a kids show, uh, done in the, the, uh, the style, the, uh, the, Art style of the book, uh, I think it's, it's like uh,
2: CG plus like digital cells. Too, well, it's right? only like, CG, it I think,
0: in certain sequences. They use it in the way that Disney would do, like uh, a flyby of a castle uh, in in you know um, uh, the Beauty and the Beast or something. It's it, it's only, very rarely used CG. but It's when he's like flying at high speeds. They're doing it as a like three D version of flying through the city. But most of it is traditional hand drawn animation. Uh, but done in that Ryan Otley, Corey Walker uh, style that that the comic book was done. It really is the comic book come to life in in a way you never see. Um, and the voice cast is bonkers. I mean, it's it's bonkers. It's like almost too many famous people uh, for my case. You know, I, I I don't like noticing who the famous person is that's voicing my people. In in an animated show so much, uh, I think the casting is very good. But you know, J.K. Simmons is uh, is Omni Man, and I can never not hear J.K. Simmons. You know, for example. Mm-hmm. But it's like wall to wall. I mean, Seth Rogen plays somebody in the second episode, plays a bad guy in the, seth, the second episode. Uh, Walton Goggins has a major role. I love Walton Goggins. Uh, I mean, it is it's like a list, a list all the way down the line. Um, and I love this show. It's so well done. I think it, it, I'm so curious to hear what you think, Dave. I don't know if you knew the comic book beforehand because this, by the end of episode one, it kind of lays its cards on the table. And I'm curious if that hit you, if you didn't know what was coming or, or what?
1: I think it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to check. I only saw one episode and I think I'm interested in checking out more. Uh, I'll just say the watching the first episode, like everyone seemed to be really, really like, we got so many hashtags, slash tags about this, right? Like, yeah, meant like probably over a dozen in the last week. And um, I didn't really, you know, uh, generally when that happens, it's like, oh, this is something people feel really intense about. And I, I didn't have quite that feeling about it, but I definitely see the creativity around the premise and so interested in checking out more. This is a wow, thing that I I'm think surprised. they're dropping one every week, right? They dropped a few and they're dropping one every week now, right?
0: Yeah. It started with three and then I think it's going to be one a week for a while, but um yeah, I mean, they're, they're close to an hour long, which is cool. And um, you know, I, I'm, I'm surprised it didn't, it didn't hit you harder by seeing the end of the first episode. I, I think that that first end of the first episode, like, is a jaw dropping moment. And I like that they didn't flinch away from what the, the comic book series is because the comic book series is one of my favorites ever. It is so good. And it has such a great arc and I hope they get a chance to do all of it um, because it, it, it dovetails into another series and it's, it's, it's like, it's so good.
1: So it sounds like you are in
0: for this oh, show. Huge. Yeah. And Stephen Yuen who, who plays the lead is so good. Uh, I mean, it, I think the voice acting is really top notch. I just, some of it's too many famous people for my taste.
1: It's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. You don't want to be, when you're watching a thing, you don't want to be thinking, who is that? You want to be immersed in the story, right? Yeah.
0: I don't want to be imagining J.K. Simmons in the recording booth. Right. Exactly. While I'm watching Omni Man. Yeah.
1: This is why I always love the Pixar movies, right? Because it's like they choose. It, it always felt to me they chose the best person for the role, regardless of if you've ever heard of that person before, right?
0: I mean, I like, guess, but there's a lot of, uh, less and less so. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of stunt casting in Pixar movies now,
1: too. True, true. But I guess, I, you know, think back to, like, Craig T. Nelson as, like, Mr. Yeah. Incredible, right? Uh, or, yeah, but think back uh, to, Dave, like, Dave the, the 90s. Wasn't Dave Foley the uh, main guy in Bugs Life, right? And just, like, comp- when you compared it to, like, DreamWorks, you know, DreamWorks would always choose famous people. Right, but um, you
0: compare that to the '90s Disney animated movies, where it's just an actor. It's the, yeah. they're they're not they're not famous from some other thing at all. Yeah, they're just yeah, a no, great voice actor. True. That you know that's I think that's what I prefer. It, it's it actually Aladdin is what broke that. Aladdin broke it because it was like oh Robin Williams as the right, genie, right. and then after that it was like oh let's cast super famous people in all these roles, even if they're not you know. Yeah, yeah, you the people you named, yes, Craig T. Nelson is not maybe an A-list star, but he, he also coach? is he's somebody we know from other things, you know.
1: <laughs> All those kids, are a ton of kids coach fans out there. Yeah. Where's the true. coach oh, reboot?
0: It is. <laughs> Where is the coach reboot? Oh,
1: speaking of which, are you did you guys see the new Mighty Ducks show premiered on Disney yeah. Plus this week? I'm like yeah. thinking of checking it out.
2: I'm probably going to check it out. I also forgot his name was Gordon Bombay. Which really makes it clear that they were just like slamming gin and tonics while doing that script. I was like, got a bottle of Gordon's, got a bottle of Bombay Sapphire. That's a name. That's, a name.
0: That's so funny.
2: Well, Quick, sh- Gary,
1: what's the name of the character?
2: <laughs>
0: oh, man. I don't um, looks know. on the
1: wall. <laughs> yeah, let me look at this map on the wall. Um, so, uh, okay. Uh, the show is invincible. It's streaming on Prime Video right now. Jeff's a fan. I'm going to keep watching, but you're, it's Jeff, not blowing your good. skirt up. You're not. That's you're good. not into it. Uh, not not yet, but huh, uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm willing to give it a couple more episodes. Yeah, I haven't watched the full set of what's there. Watched so.
0: episode two. I think there are some, some such cool ideas in the show, and I just can't believe you watched the end of the episode one and you weren't like, "Oh wow,
2: <laughs> this a Come on, <laughs> it ends with a you know. freaking cool moment. Uh, I I am looking forward to giving this a shot, guys. Uh, I'll I'll say like I'm very particular about my animation, and when it looks like you're you're giving me cheap like half frame m- movement and stuff, like it is it is just hard. It is hard to watch sometimes. But uh, I hear this is good. I'll I'll check it out. All right, it's Invincible. It's on Prime Video right now. Jeff Kanata, anything else you've been watching? Oh
0: yes, lots of things. Um, I also. Watched a new stand-up special by one of my very favorite stand-ups, um, Nate Bargazzi, who is just phenomenal. I love he's got, I think, two other hours on various streaming platforms. Um, and they're both I could not recommend higher. Um his newest special is called The Greatest Average American. He is a Southern comic from he lives in Tennessee. Uh, slow methodical very much a different kind of pace and delivery than most other comics also completely clean he never curses he doesn't talk blue he doesn't talk about sex he talk, he, it's absolutely comedy that you could watch with anybody of any age and it is hilarious I mean hurt myself my face sore from laughing so hard comedy uh, and he's he's just great you know I know there's a lot of baggage around the name Bill Cosby, but I grew up listening to Bill Cosby albums, and this is like that kind of humor where it, it it doesn't rely on shock or going blue. It's just telling stories in a very, very funny way. And it's the kind of stand-up I love the most. It is it is relatable, brilliant, insightful, kind of self-deprecating, and funny. And I highly recommend you watch all of his hours. The newest is The Greatest Average American, and it's on Netflix.
1: All right. Nate Bargazzi is The Greatest Average American. Uh, anything else you are watching, Jeff?
0: Yeah, another uh, hashtag slash tag recommendation. Thank you, folks. In fact, I think I have a couple of people recommended it. Uh one of them is Corey uh, at Corey Schmitz on uh on Instagram, think, or Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, on Twitter, Corey Schmitz. Thank you, Corey. Uh this is a show called City of Ghosts. Have either of you heard of this? Yes,
2: yes, I've heard. It's a very cool nope. LA thing. Yeah. It is
0: a show about Los Angeles. It is ostensibly a kids' show, although there's no universe where I'm showing this to my kids. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I mean, the, it
1: looks like an extremely cutesy kids show, based on exactly. The, uh, it, yeah. it
0: does look like that, and I think it wants to be that. But it's also about a group of kids who investigate ghosts in the real Los Angeles. Like uh-huh, they go to uh-huh. places in actual Los Angeles and find places that are reportedly haunted, and then talk to the ghosts that live there. That's like, pretty it's all animated, though. It is all no no no, but 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 the animated style, Dave. So the it's I've never seen anything like it. The 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 characters themselves are very simple, abstract kids kids like circles and lines, and very simple. The backgrounds are all rotoscoped. Mm. They are. They, I think they go to these places, they shoot them like a documentary, they interview people like a documentary, and then they draw over, or use some tech to draw over the backgrounds to make them look animated, but they are clearly, visually exactly what those places are in Los Angeles. And I think they use actual documentary-esque footage, uh, interview footage of the people talking about the stuff, and like little kids are interviewing them, but instead of replacing them with sort of rotoscoped images like you would find from, you know, what what's that uh, Keanu Reeves movie? Um,
2: Scanner, Darkly. Uh, Scanner, Darkly. Scanner, Darkly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I think it's a similar technique to Scanner Darkly, but mm-hmm. instead of just replacing the the actors, the the people with you know visually authentic or or you know um, that look like actual people, they replace them with really crazy abstracted. Kids characters like simply simple animated characters that you would find in a kids show, and the result is incredible looking but super disconcerting. Yeah, you know. Listen,
2: uh, Jeff, I've seen a bit of this. Kid me would have loved it. Let me let me just really say. Well, give, it couple, age, give it a couple give it a couple years, six or seven. Like I like yeah, I like weird stuff. I watched Beetlejuice way too young. You know uh, what uh, were we watching back then?
0: I guess maybe. I I feel like my kids would be completely. Scarred by this. Maybe a little too
2: early right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is um it's really, really interesting though. It's I've never seen anything like it. The tone, it's super slow, it's really methodical. It's kind of quiet and understated. And it's these these little kids that are like, Well, let's go talk to this, go find the ghost. And they're they're interviewing people. Is this where the ghost jumped out? Oh, where did it come out? Over here? Oh, okay. Can you get a shot of that? And then the camera like pan over and you'll see some fucked up weird shit. And it's, you know, it's like, it's like Ghostbusters meets, uh um, um, what's her name? It's the backpack girl. Ah, I can't remember her name. um Dora the Explorer. Dora the Explorer. It's like, Explorer. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. She has a talking backpack, Dave. It's not okay, that crazy. Okay. Okay. Uh,
1: Dave has not learned the backpack. Well, you d- he didn't say talking backpack. Girl. Okay. So <laughs> I was just like, just the girl who wore the backpack. Okay. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so it's Dorex the Explorer meets the Ghostbusters, like, but done in it. It's 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 really kind of creepy, but bizarre and cool. And and the fact that it's real locations in Los Angeles, and I assume real people. Like, it talks to store owners and people who live in these places, and it sounds like authentic interview footage, but animated. It's it's really something else. I I, I don't know how the show got made, but it's pretty cool. It's called City cool. of
2: Ghosts. Yeah. This, by the way, is an example of like cool creative animation that I'm all yeah. for. Like, I, I, if you see a real difference in terms of how they approach the look of the show compared to Invincible, but hey, I'll, I'll still give Invincible a shot. Uh, I'll work through my uh, aesthetic revulsion.
0: I think I think you'll dig it.
2: Yeah,
1: City of Ghosts is streaming right now on Netflix, and that is what we've been watching this week, folks. Let's get to weekly plugs, and. The Weekly Plugs music did not work because I uploaded it for our first recording. You know what we gotta do? But not for this one. (laughs) Do the acapella, the much-requested acapella version. (laughs) The much-requested acapella. All right, here we go. It's time for Weekly Plugs. You know, I'm gonna make a new song. Weekly Uh Plugs, Weekly Plugs. It's time for our Weekly Plugs.
0: that was terrible. (laughs) That was terrible. How dare you, Jeff? No one's gonna ever ask for the acapella version again, at least. (laughs) (laughs)
2: We got to do this Hamilton style. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) In the eye of a hurricane,
1: there is silence for our weekly plugs. (laughs) Weekly plugs are part of the show each week where we recommend something we have been making or uh, something that someone else has been making. Uh, We don't need to even be in it. But this week, I want to recommend something that I've been making. I've been working on a series of uh, several interviews in which I speak with people in the Seattle area and talk with them about what the last year was like and how the pandemic impacted their jobs. Um, and it's about like uh, people in different uh, industries. Um, so my first conversation is with my friend Stephen, who was a firefighter and was one of the first people in the country to be quarantined with coronavirus. Um, or not, not coronavirus, not with coronavirus. He was one of the first people to be quarantined, quarantined because of exposure to coronavirus. Um, because as people may or may not know... <laughs> like, like, on, was, no, I'm sorry, not coronavirus. Chickenpox. Chickenpox. <laughs> you got chickenpox. Uh, as people know, like Seattle... Uh, the Seattle area had one of the first outbreaks in the country. So anyway, uh, it's, uh, it's a series I've been working hard at for the last few weeks. And um, I'm releasing part one by the time you're listening to this. Check it out at culturallyrelevantshow.com and subscribe to Culturally Relevant wherever your podcast can be found. Devin your hardware, your weekly plug.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, occasionally at Engadget, we do these uh, buyer guides to help people out. Uh, I just wrote one for people who just bought an OLED TV, but uh, it, re- it really could apply to any fancy TV. Uh, it's an accessory guide. So if you have a new TV and you're looking for things to add, um, check out our guide. It's called, uh, so you've bought an, an so you've bought an OLED TV. Now what? Uh, there's some cool stuff there. There's some really cool stuff. So, uh, hey, do you guys have calibration discs for your fancy mm, TVs? Yeah.
0: You should
1: I should actually one. buy one of those. Yeah. You
2: should. Uh, Spear and Munsell's UHD benchmark disc is pretty fantastic. And uh, get, some, get some bias lighting. I really believe oh, in bias, bias lighting. I love bias
0: lighting. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. Save your eyes. Light it up. One day I'm going to get bias light. like I'm I I love just get con- a strip of lights you don't have to go fancy just get a strip of lights I <laughs> got oh, those ones
0: I got these uh this this kind that that changes color based on the edge of the screen and it's yeah, so yeah. rad yeah
2: it's cool. that's what I want cool. that's what I want
1: so one day one day when I um can can psychologically convince myself to or, do or it or or if I'll you
2: have it. like a hue if you have the hue like a uh, uh you know LED light bulbs like there's a whole system for that it is insanely expensive but you can make all your lights kind of sync together with your movie it's pretty cool well that's uh davinder's article
1: about what to get if you're getting an oled tv jeff what's your weekly plug i just want to point
0: out that the one i got was uh was only 99 bucks it was a kickstarter and uh which is like it's less than half the price of seeing nobody
1: in the theater Uh, Okay, Uh, what's your weekly plug? (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to make you feel bad. That's
0: less than half the price of seeing nobody in the theater, Dave. Anyway.
1: uh, (laughs) That's fair. It's fair. It's fair.
0: Uh, I try not to do the same weekly plug two weeks in a row,
1: but this week
0: it's pretty exciting because The Dungeon Run returns this week, Wednesday, the 31st of of March, 6 p.m. Pacific time on Twitch. We've risen from the ashes and we're now on Twitch, twitch.tv/slash the dungeon run. We will also be back on YouTube. If you're a, a podcast listener of the Dungeon Run, it's the same RSS feed. You're just gonna stay, you can stay subscribed or resubscribe, and you'll get the audio version as well. So uh, but we're excited to be on Twitch now and we're picking the story up where we left off. It's there's still lots to tell with these great characters, the heroes of Bingle. Uh, this is the epic. Uh, fantasy adventure that uh, I've uh, crafted the world and these players are playing through it. It's something I'm really, really proud of. So I hope you give it a chance over at twitch.tv slash the dungeon run uh, Wednesday night or, or on YouTube. You can find it uh youtube.com slash the dungeon run there as well. It's time for me to hop in here and tell you about our sponsor candid. Are you unhappy with your smile? You don't have to be thousands of people have used candid, the clear, comfortable, removable, and practically invisible aligners to help strengthen their teeth. And now they love their smile, just like Justin M. from Atlanta, Georgia, Davindra's neck of the woods. Justin M. writes, When I was younger, I used to have a gap in the front and on the side. I noticed that people would always look at my mouth first, so I was looking for a fix. Candid ended up being the perfect company for me. You can't stop me from smiling now. There's no comparison. Wow. And Candid is here to help straighten your teeth so you can fall in love with your smile, too. Your treatment is prescribed and closely monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who is an expert in tooth movement. You'll have the same quality of care you'd get from an in-office orthodontist and from the comfort and convenience of your own home. And while other companies use general dentists, Candid only works with orthodontists. With Candid, the same orthodontist who created your plan is with you from start to finish, so you never have to wonder how you're doing. The average Candid treatment is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. My wife used Candid. Her smile has improved dramatically. She found it to be easy and effective, So comfortable, it worked right into her lifestyle. You can become your best you. Start straightening your teeth today. Right now, you can save $75 on Candid's starter kit. Go to CandidCO.com/slash filmcast and use the code Filmcast. That's CandidCO.com/slash filmcast with the code Filmcast. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. C-A-N-D-I-D-C-O dot com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T and that promo code Filmcast.
1: All right. Uh, Well, why don't we get to our review of The Father? Date of birth? Friday, 31st of December, 1937. You're living with your daughter at the moment? Yes, until she goes to live in Paris. No, Dad, why do you keep going on about Paris? She told me. No, I didn't. Sorry, am sorry, told me the other day. Have you forgotten? She's forgotten, <laughs> Paris. They don't even speak English there. <laughs> Dad,
2: I'd like you to meet Laura. How oh, do you
1: do, sir? I say you're gorgeous.
2: Thank you. <laughs> I must say he's charming. <laughs> yeah, not always. Laura has come round to
1: help you. I don't need her or anyone else. I can manage very well on my own. Everything all right? Who are you? I see, it's me, Paul. Who? I live here. What is this nonsense? Anne? It's me. Ah, there she is. Your father seemed a bit confused. Something wrong? Where's Anne? Sorry? Anne, where is he?
0: I'm here.
1: That was from the trailer for The Father, the newest film by director Florian Zeller. I'm going to read the plot summary from IMDb. A man refuses all assistance from his daughter as he ages. As he tries to make sense of his changing circumstances, he begins to doubt his loved ones, his own mind, and even the fabric of his reality. That's how you know it's a David
2: Chen suggestion, by the way. For, uh, <laughs> for what, what, is that, what is that, what uh, is that? The ones that will crush your heart and soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was my
1: suggestion and I'm, I'm grateful you guys decided to check it out. Uh, so Devinder horror. let's start with you. I mean, uh, this is a movie that, like, I, Devendra I, I... <laughs> and I
0: suggested, "Bad
1: Trip," <laughs> and Dave suggested just wanted to laugh yeah. for once.
2: Uh,
1: I I knew virtually nothing about this movie same, except same. a couple people, uh, including uh, Joanna Robinson, told me mm-hmm. the movie's awesome. So I'm like, okay, yep, well, yep. um, I trust Joanna's taste, so I suggest I went out on a limb. It went on p this week. You can rent it for twenty dollars, and I said, hey uh let's check this out you guys were game for it yeah also a
0: number of academy award nominations probably helped and you know it's it's interesting to be up to date on all the academy award nominated films i think i
2: think that's the the main thing yeah that's the main draw right now but also like this movie is based on a play by florian zeller and i do know in new york people were talking about that quite a bit too so it did feel quite play like
1: you know it did feel like uh uh, and i'm kind of curious to see how they would have staged it but anyway yeah the Avenger hardware. Curious about your overall thoughts on the father.
2: Oh yeah, I I loved it, but I also found it incredibly horrifying. Like this this movie, and we we've reviewed something similar to this before. You know what was the uh, the relic kind of kind of comes to mind, right? Relic. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just we've... talking
1: about Amour a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. podcast, and uh, it's a good uh, good shot <laughs> like,
2: How can I get that Amour high? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How can I feel just my sense of, you know, <laughs> my life fading away in front of me? How can I really deal with that movie <laughs> Jim, for?
1: Dave was feeling a little too optimistic lately. <laughs> Daddy just wants a taste of that amour stuff. That, <laughs> that good that old amour, amour feeling. Yeah. Uh, anyway,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, it, this movie it, it is incredible. It is outright fantastic. Um, I, I think it's a really fascinating exploration of dementia, but the way it it kind of shows it like both through the staging of the film, um, because it's essentially set in one gorgeous London apartment, but things shift over time. Um, We're kind of looking at through the point of view of Anthony Hopkins character named Anthony, who has his birthday too. Like there, it feels so deeply connected to him as an actor and as a person. Um, Like, yeah, I appreciate the filmmaking here and the way like little editing tricks kind of work. Like it would replay certain scenes or he would confuse characters and, you know, they'll end up being being played by other actors. Um, There's a sense of confusion to this movie that ends up almost feeling like a sci-fi film or a thriller of some kind. But it's really really Anthony Hopkins who like sells this for me um, because... I think this is one of his the greatest roles of his career. I I think this is such an incredible thing for him to be doing right now because it also seems like he's reckoning with his own mortality as he's making this movie. You know, there's a scene later on that we'll talk about that absolutely broke my heart. You know, there are scenes in this movie where he, the tempo he uses, like the the way he perceives the character and kind of the the energy he's putting into the scene, just flips on a dime. I think it's fantastic too. Like it is, you could just really tell how well trained he is as an actor, because he's using all of his muscles here. Um, and yeah, and just love it overall. I'm still like this is a movie that hits me so deep. I'm still, you know, thinking about it. I don't know if I'll ever have the energy or courage to rewatch it, but it has certainly made me thought about how I'll be dealing with my parents in their old age and certainly myself later on too. Like we th- this cuts to a lot of things we've talked about when it comes to um how we want to live our lives later on you know or what we don't want to live without um interested to hear what you guys think though jeff canada your thoughts on the father
0: well dave i guess you could say my thoughts on the father are best summed up in the form of a limerick
1: you know that surprises me for this one because it doesn't seem like it would lend itself to limericking
0: i have to say i was tempted to start a limerick and then not know how to finish it and mm. just forget to finish it. But I thought that was in poor taste and I, was never, hello, ever, <laughs> I
2: would never ever do
0: anything in poor yeah. taste. On you, would show. you would never, you would never. Yeah. So here's my limerick. Anthony Hopkins shines as a strong willed man in decline. But my takeaway is I hope and pray the father's never me or mine. Mm.
1: Hmm. Yes. All right. That's a thinker, Jeff. It's a thinker. Tell us what you mean by that.
0: I mean, I I agree with Devendra uh, almost every every point. I think this movie is tremendous, but it is also heart-wrenching and almost a, why did I put myself through this Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. movie? Uh, Because there is no... There's no light at the end of the tunnel. It is just, it is just, well, except a, a, for the
2: light at the end of the tunnel. I yeah, guess. right. Like that except is that, that's the that, only, yeah, that
0: one that you don't really want to see. The it is a stark look at the horrors of that condition and and how it happens. And I, I will, I will reiterate what Devendra said about Anthony Hopkins' performance because it is a tour de force. I mean, it is truly incredible it is i had a uh, an acting teacher who once told me that film acting is the process of thinking loudly and you see anthony hopkins think in this movie every single moment he is processing what is around him and the camera is always so close to him, watching him, watching every tiny moment in his mind as he's working through this. And it is extraordinary. It's an extraordinary piece of film acting because the words are incredible and there are moments of great charm and great life and vivacity, but there are these these heart-wrenching moments of confusion, of... Uh, trying to make sense, trying to force his way through this thing to strangle th- the confusion out of of the world. Uh, and throughout it, you just watch his brain work, trying hard, futilely to stay grounded in a reality. And that is, it, I can't overstate how difficult a thing that is to to pull off i mean that is it, it is really a beautiful piece of film acting and it's also heart wrenching to watch and i the only thing i would disagree a bit with devendra is or not disagree but add to i suppose mm-hmm. is i don't i think the movie is amazing in that it gives us a window into that first person experience of of what it may be like to lose grip your grip on life. But it, it I don't think it really ever loses a sense of being outside it as well. Like we see it from his perspective, yes, but also we don't we see it from everyone else's perspective at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's, I don't, it's not a yeah, purely yeah. subjective film. Yeah. It is in many ways subjective, but it is not purely subjective. Yeah,
0: and I think that's a really interesting line to walk. Yeah. I would not have expected that, right? I, once you start seeing the world from his perspective, it's, it's dramatic and compelling and, and you feel it, you feel that, that confusion yourself and you sympathize. And I feel like the movie could have gone all the way down that line to make it seem like a real horror movie where, Oh my God, this must be what it's like to have dementia. And you feel like the sane one in an insane world, but, the movie doesn't do that. It it also, you feel very deeply for his loved ones, the people around him who have to also endure this mm-hmm. and have to try to hold on to their lives. Like, their lives are completely disrupted by this, and that's heart-wrenching as well. It, It's an amazing movie, but it is very bleak. It is very hard to shake, you know, I as I kind of indicated in my... My Limerick, and as Davindra mentioned as well, you, you come away with from this movie, and you can't help but think about your own family and the things that you may go through at some point in your existence, and the things that you hope that your your older family members won't have to go through. I, it, there is nothing to me I don't think there is anything to me quite as terrifying as this kind of thing. It just feels to me like the, one of the worst things that can happen in old age and to see it so dramatically presented is, is really hard. It's frankly very hard, but it is a beautiful movie and it does, does what it does very well.
1: I would agree with that, Jeff. Um, agree with almost everything everyone has said so far. I, I think that one of the the value of a work like this beyond just being a work of art that we can admire for its craft, and as you said, I think every actor in this movie is excellent, um, but particularly Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman, I think they're both really tremendous um, but one of the the values uh the value adds of a movie like the Father is it by causing you to think about your own mortality or the mortality of those around you, it can hopefully force some thinking about what is going to matter to you when it gets to the end and um, hopefully cause people to take steps so that they don't need to be in a situation that they don't want to be in. You know what I mean? Like to st- if, if you see something like this, you know, you people, people might watch something like this and say like, okay, I'm going to take steps so that like my family does not end up in this situation. And I, think I just don't
0: understand how, how the way this movie presents the situation is at in any way preventable.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, like, that's what, what, the what does one do? Thing. Yeah. Yes.
0: What does one do? What is Olivia Coleman's character to do? You know?
2: Yeah.
1: I, well, we can talk more about that in spoilers, but I, I, I do think that uh, there, there are things, you know? Um, but uh, anyway, I, I think that's one of the things that this movie does that's, that's valuable is like creates this conversation uh, or forces this conversation. And I do think it's a valuable one, um, even though it is something that is extremely uncomfortable for a lot of people uh but yeah and i think also you were talking about the non-subjective parts of this movie i think the subjective parts are really really amazing as well jeff you know the idea of of, yes very much so the idea of conveying to you the disorientation that anthony hopkins is feeling Mm -hmm. the thing that i remember that uh, that i thought of the most was this portion from christopher nolan's script for memento uh, So I guess mild spoilers for the 19 or the 2000 film Memento. Uh, There is a scene where they're talking about Sammy Jankis, Leonard, uh, Guy Pearce's character is talking about Sammy Jankis, played by friend of the show, Stephen Tobolowsky. And he is talking about, he's reflecting on his experience with Sammy Jankis. And he says, quote, Sammy's brain didn't respond to conditioning, but he was no con man. When his wife looked into his eyes, she thought he could be the same as he ever was. When I looked into Sammy's eyes, I thought I saw recognition. We were both wrong. Now I know, you take it. If you think you're supposed to recognize someone, you pretend to. You bluff it to get a pat on the head from the doctors. You bluff it to seem like less of a freak, end quote. And that's that's the quote I thought of watching this movie, is the idea that like, what would you do if you didn't recognize anything? You know, if you if you didn't know what was happening, you know, and, and and all the things that you would do to seem normal, to move forward in your life. And um you see that journey in Anthony Hopkins' performance. And uh that's why I think it's it's incredible because uh he's kind of his he as a character he's making those decisions, as an actor he's making those decisions as well. And so yeah, uh, I think the movie is really, really good. I'd recommend it, uh, and it's just worthwhile and thought provoking. But yeah, it is extremely, extremely depressing. So, mm-hmm. AKA David Chen Catnip. Um, <laughs> it's candy for Chen. <laughs> so, thanks, guys, for watching it. Let's get to spoilers for The Father starting right now. Now you're looking for the secret.
2: can I see this coming?
1: No. But you won't find it because, of course...
0: You're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works.
1: You don't really want to work it out.
0: Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I
1: want to tell you my secret man. You want to be fooled. So uh, to, to respond to the earlier question uh, about like what could someone do to prevent something like this, I mean, uh, you know, we had talked about Earlier on, on an episode of the Slash Homecast Cast After Dark, like the idea of like dying with dignity, right, and like how people can take steps to make sure that that happens. Um, and that's a very it's a very controversial topic. So I'm not saying like I'm not going to necessarily advocate for that, but like it's certainly not something I hold against people who decide to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. You also well, can't I'm, easily um, I, do it medically, right? Like that's well, that's the thing. I would
1: just argue
0: that. At least the way this film is presented, the last thing in the world that Anthony Hopkins' character would want is to die, right? He thinks he's in full control of his faculties.
2: But then you don't know. You don't know. Like, So is this something you say ahead of time? Like, hey, or as you see, if you are, you know, uh, if you basically are diagnosed with dementia, do you start to make plans for like, okay, this is what we do when things are just too hard? Yeah, you know, If you
0: know. I'm disoriented, yeah. Uh, yeah. kill me. I mean, I think and I then you know. go up to the, the yeah. guy and you're like, hey, you said you wanted me to kill you. I don't want you to do yep. that anymore. Yep. Who are you? <laughs> Stop attacking me. <laughs> you know, that's it's it's. A, that's,
2: By the way, I, one of the most disturbing things I, I think I've seen in a movie in a very long time is just the husband in this thing slapping. Yeah, him. that, that yeah. was
1: truly upsetting. Do you right. think that that actually happened? Oh, yeah. Are, Oh Un- yeah.
2: Unclear. I think it's I think it's very likely that that happened. That 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 whole like story is her the uh, the daughter's previous marriage. Right? Yeah. Like that is the timeline we're seeing there.
1: Interesting. So, Here's yeah. another question I had is do we think she actually went to Paris? Oh yeah. Or because my my the uh, Carter, my bubble mate, who I watched this movie with, um she thinks that she actually went to paris, she actually went to Paris. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought the Paris thing was a lie that was made up um to justify kind of like being away from the father. Mm-hmm. but I, I, I guess she, like, she doesn't strike yeah.
2: me as the kind of person who would do that, right? Like it is it depends like that one scene we saw where she is just basically starting to choke him out. It's like if we got more of that, if we got more of the resentfulness and her hating you know hating herself here it's more like she cries because this is incredibly difficult you know and she still loves her father like that the ultimate the ultimate the real version of that scene is just her tenderly putting her hands on his face so yeah i, I wouldn't think she would be lying to him there mm, okay okay um Dave's yeah. like, but, I don't know. I don't, I don't know but this well, the, the, the about this true feeling of emotion. Yeah.
1: The, the thing about her choking him out, I think was like a, a vision that, <laughs> that, I think I that was understand. like I think that's <laughs> like a vision. It's it's yeah. acknowledging that Mm-hmm. um that somebody who becomes a caretaker it's like acknowledging a taboo which is like sure sure. somebody who's yeah, a caretaker if of you were their dead. elderly parents you just parent, want to be yeah. free of it yeah you yeah. want to be yeah. free of them right yeah. and so it's a thought I don't,
2: not maybe not something she acted on but yeah
1: correct correct i don't think she acted on it or anything but i also don't think that's like his vision you know i right. don't think that's like him imagining that um i agree uh, so, and that's, that's, what's, that's, what's so disorienting about the movie too, is it takes place from in, in different perspectives, right? Like yeah. you're in her perspective,
2: but then you're in his perspective, you know, and in then different like, timelines, different yeah, timelines, yeah, yeah. And different well, perspectives.
0: Yeah. And that bewilderment that the movie so effectively conveys is horrifying.
2: Mm-hmm. That, yeah. it, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: that notion of not knowing where you are, who the people are around you, not recognizing faces is to me so fundamentally disturbing Mm -hmm. it it just it's just it's heart-wrenching that people experience that and that it's a potentiality for all of us it's just
1: i it's just so hard yeah um i you know a couple weeks ago on uh the slash filmcast i think after Dark, i referenced this article in the new york times magazine called the last day of her life i would actually recommend you check it out jeff i think there's people who watch this and they're like i never want to inflict that on my on my family no matter what the cost right. like a, no, and I, that's me that's me by the way like i feel I, that I, way too i would literally rather die than inflict this on my family but, I, but dave it, i think the difficult thing is in in that moment you won't feel that way mm-hmm. um yeah i mean uh, potentially you know potenti- potentially but like i i hear i would recommend you check out this article that, and and like I I want to hear what you think about it because I think it's very thought provoking, um.
2: And I'm I'm not decided on it yet. Like I'm just I, I kind mm-hmm. of have an impulse right now. Have you guys yeah, read a... the the other article by the way? Um, the one this movie makes me think of and our discussions, uh, by Ezekiel Emanuel at The Atlantic. Why I hope to die at seventy five. Mm, That's nope. really what I think you're getting at, Dave. It's just, All like, right, fi- find I'll a t- good point and walk off stage, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, my
0: dad is already over 75, mm-hmm. and he's living a pretty darn good life yeah. right now, so yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's, it's not just, like, we should off people if they get over yeah. a certain age, you know what it's, I mean? Like, it's that's more not, like That is not stop. what I am suggesting.
2: Yeah, more but, like stop trying to save my life, you know? Something starts happening, basically, at that point. That's what he's arguing for, but I don't know. Maybe he'll feel that way differently. Maybe he'll feel differently, you know, when he hits 75.
1: One of the most thought-provoking articles I've ever read on the subject is called The Comforting Fictions of Dementia Care. It was a New Yorker article in 2018. And it's really fascinating because it's basically – the question that the article asks is, should we lie to dementia patients? Mm -hmm. Right? Because Mm, uh, let's say in the case of this story, like his daughter had died in some accident is kind of my sense, Right. And, it's explicit, yeah. It's, and yeah. He, he brings it up. Yeah, you know, I only say that because I don't really understand t- to this moment. I still question whether I understood what happened. Right. Um, but he brings her up as though she's alive. So, what do you do? do you, every time he brings it up, do you correct him and say, No, no yeah. she's actually dead? And then he forgets the next day. And then yeah. you re traumatize him. You, you also him.
2: break his heart every time. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. You're re
1: traumatizing yeah. every. At the same time, if you lie to him, eventually, like the lies, he will start detecting them. Right. Will he? And
2: Will he? That's the I thing, mean, though. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it, it's a, there's a reason why like many dementia patients are like paranoid because like yeah. people lie yeah. to them all the time. Yeah. They say like, "Hey, like at this um, at this facility or some facilities, they'll often they'll often say like, hey, I don't want to be in this clinic. I right. want to go home.'" Right. And they'll walk them out to a bus stop mm-hmm. uh, and say, "Okay, we're waiting for the bus for you to go home," and the bus never comes mm-hmm. because it's not a real bus stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like a fake bus stop. And then they'll like say, "Oh, well, I guess the bus isn't. Let's go inside," you know. And it's like. Is that is there anything wrong with that? You know, and um, is it basically is it okay to lie to people when you're taking mm-hmm. care of them medically? And mm-hmm. it's it's a fascinating question to think about, and it's one that I think this movie brings up a little bit, which is you you see him forgetting things, you see him uh, not understanding exactly what's going on with the world, and do you lie to him to make him feel better? You know, and I I don't know what the answer there's there's no easy answers to this. And I would agree with you, Jeff, like overall, I think there's no easy answers. Right. Um, so, so, uh, you know, I, I have some clear ideas of like how I want to handle the end of my life, but I agree. It's often not cut and dried. Um, but Jeff, I think, you know, me, you know, I think, you know, that I'm more careful than other, like I'm more prepared for low, uh, <laughs> low likelihood outcomes <laughs> sure. than a lot of people. So like, you yeah, know, like, I just think, I think the burden
0: will not be on you, right? The burden right. will be on your, wife or your, you know, your loved ones at that point, whoever's your caretaker at that point to know, like, there's no moment where you wake up and you're like, well, today Dave has dementia. Yesterday he didn't, but today he does, right? It it is a decline and there is no clear point. And at some point, I mean, I I don't, it's perhaps in poor taste to even use you as an example, but Mm -hmm. you know, in, at some point, one reaches that state where you would no longer want to, you know, you would say is the point past which you would want to just be here. (laughs) But the person living that experience tends not to feel that way. So who who has the
1: say, former you or current you, you know? Um, Well, yeah. So, I mean, in in this article, this article is all about how difficult it is to choose that time. It's basically about that. That is the entire thing that the article is focused. On. This article in the New York Times Magazine called "The Last Day of Her Life," and um, yeah, I mean, and this is a thing. Like, like a lot of people think, like, oh, you know, when it's my time to go, I'm going to go. But like, mm-hmm. in practice, it never, it, it rarely ends up like that it, because people just want to hang on, right? Or well, they have well, loved also- ones who want them to hang on. Right?
0: Yes, I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't know any one of my grandparents who wouldn't have loved another day to see their grandkids a day older, you know, like that's a hard thing to, I mean, I'm getting emotional, but um, it's hard. It's a, it's a very, very to the idea that one can sit here at 40 or whatever, you know, late thirties, early forties and make that decision I think is a little optimistic, and I, mm-hmm. I I applaud you for thinking about that. And I think more of us should. I think it's a as you said is a tabooed subject that too few people put any thought into at all until it's too late. And but I, I it, it's just such a yeah. Yeah. Complicated thing, as you've as you've indicated. I, it's I'm not, a hard I'm not, thing to like yeah.
2: plan for. I think that's yeah. the main thing, right? And I know you, Dave. I know you're a planner. You love to. Yeah, to, I mean, plan I already have my like yeah. advanced directives. Like, it's yeah. already.
1: Yep. I, I have already planned for you know the worst case scenario already. So. Yeah. um but I don't. Expect Mine the, mine's do the that.
0: prime directive. You do not interfere.
1: <laughs> do not with interfere with the development with me of alien species in any way. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I I, I to, I'm totally not saying like how dare you not do that, Jeff. You know, like I don't. No, I don't I, feel I, that way. Everyone has I'm their not, own.
0: Yeah, I'm not suggesting you haven't been completely circumspect and and you know I, I I'm not suggesting you're doing anything wrong either. I I've just you know overwhelmed by the immensity of all of it and how many variables there will be at that time. You know, and and. You know, let's hope that all of us don't have to make, or our loved ones don't have to make those decisions for us. Let's hope that we all, yep. you know,
1: agreed. I, I mean, I, I, I made a backup plan for the slash film cast guys in in the in terms of like I actually talked to Beatty. I was like, Beatty, wait, if something we happens have to, to kill me you, this... we have to kill you, Dave. <laughs> no, but I was like, if something happens to me this year during I don't know a uh, unprecedented pandemic, like. Here's all like the logins to like continue the slash film cast. <laughs> the
2: logins.
1: I yeah. mean, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It was, it was how my affairs in a state and number mm. two, the slash filmcast logins. That was mm. the, uh, yeah, those that are was the biggest the, priority orders. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, I mean, you know, you, you guys joke, but this was, it was actually something that had crossed my mind. So, yeah, no, it makes um, sense. Like
2: it, in any per- well run organization, critical data is shared, you know? Right. So good job. Good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Anyway, yeah. so we've really gotten off the topic of the movie. We're a little so off track just, here. Uh, I will say, I just,
0: <laughs> I just want to, uh, I want to imagine the time where you know, I, I'm really sorry, Slash Filmcast listeners. It's been a couple of weeks mm-hmm. since you've heard a new episode. Um, Dave died. It's not. That's not the bad part. The bad part is we didn't know the logins,
2: <laughs> so we're starting from scratch.
0: Uh, we would have. <laughs> We would have had an episode way sooner, uh, but well, we couldn't figure out the logins.
1: You you kid, you kid. But um, I think it's very important for me and my wife that when we die, we don't leave a mess, you, you know, and yeah, I, yeah, not yeah. just physically, but just like you don't want to be a burden on other people. You know, like you, you don't want to like it's already going to be an incredibly stressful time, more stressful probably than they've ever comprehended. And it's like you don't want to leave them like a bunch of other shit to deal with. Um, And the only way to avoid that is by thinking ahead about stuff. So anyway.
0: That's why uh, we changed all the passwords on all our logins to Dave is dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, let's... Okay, fair enough. You guys aren't appreciative. That's fine. No, no, Um, no.
0: I'm joking. I'm joking because the alternative is to feel pain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I think
2: that's the thing about this movie, by the way, is I feel like a lot of things that deal with this level of basically grief right you are you are mourning a person as they live um there is there's not really much humor to cut the tension here either right like this is really in there yeah yeah that's the the thing that really
1: was devastating about this movie was that final scene yep and how like god brutal (laughs) there's this idea of like When you, you know, this idea I've heard of since I was a kid of like, when you get older, you kind of start regressing.
2: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: And my my grandfather called out to his mom, dude. Mm Yeah. On his deathbed. He called out to her. Yeah. It's like fucked up. It's fucked up.
2: This happened to at least one of my grandfathers and, and my grandmother too. So yeah, it is a very
0: common thing. It's that, it's that like innocent feeling of wanting to be safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so heart wrenching to me.
2: That whole that whole thing felt like I think the first time I left from home, you know, and was away from home for like a week. And I called home and I guess there was this emotion pent up, but I just kind of started crying a little on the phone because I just missed being home. And it is exactly that. And just seeing Anthony Hopkins, the guy who's been in so many legendary roles, but seeing him perform like he is there he he, is he's doing acknowledge- this. and it's like yeah. his
1: way of like acknowledging his own mortality right it's like mm-hmm. a very brave vulnerable performance he gives at the end there mm-hmm. um and y- yeah it it, it is thought provoking about like what matters to us in the end basically um and i appreciate yeah. the reflection i appreciate is, the reflection. you
0: know it's something i think about every time i hold my kids mhm you know, it's like that feeling of safety is important. Uh, excuse me, it is important uh, as just as humans to uh, to feel that. And I think that you know, there's something that happens at the end of life where it, it, you come back to that.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah,
0: it's hard. Yeah, yeah. I I think my my favorite scene of the movie is is the the scene the first time we meet the the. Caretaker, the woman.
1: Imogen Poots. Right? Yeah, Imogen
0: Poots. Uh, I love a good Poots scene. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um I do. And uh, just how Anthony Hopkins like charms her and, and flirts then tr- like with on her a dime. And then just digs the knife in. Yeah. It yep. is an incredible scene. Incredibly written, inc- incredibly performed. Like his like giddy enthusiasm at flirting and just how uh, Olivia Coleman is uncomfortable and sort of apologetic, but trying to make the best. It is so incredible as just a, 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 a scene on film. It's one of the, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. I, I think there, there were also, in addition to all these things, which I agree with all these scenes, like there were also just many moments of this movie where I was just stunned because of the reveals that were happening. Right. Like, yeah. uh, when she comes in and it's like oh it's not image and poots it's actually the other woman you know and it's like holy shit you know like and or the first time when you find out mark gaddis is living with it you know and it's just like what is even because because i think i don't know what your guys experience was but watching this movie you see olivia coleman kind of give him that talk It's like hey dad i'd really like to you know go to go to paris with this guy like it's important Mm -hmm. to me and Mm -hmm. i'm like thinking to myself oh i know what this movie's gonna be it's gonna be like Michael Haneke is a more it's, it's just a more part two but it is on a not necessarily a better level but just like completely different in terms of its style and what it's trying to do with its editing and storytelling um, and some of the set design is also really genius to achieve what they're trying to achieve of like he goes into like this doctor's office but the door is the same as his door right? and so yeah. you think you're like in his house but then it's like nope he's at the doctor's office it's so disorienting as the viewer mm-hmm. it's a really well made film
2: there so. there's some great interviews around this too and apparently the, the the whole thing is a a set that they could like reconfigure yeah. easily you know so it kind of captures that feeling um of like the shining and the way that house seemed interconnected and maybe a little too big and too right. large at times like that. And Rosemary's baby, like the hallways and the way you look through things really evoked horror movies to me more than anything else. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And yeah. I,
0: I would argue just showing this in a sort of truthful way mm-hmm. is so much more horrific to me and more impactful than the relic, for example.
2: Mm. Um, yeah. Just it for didn't, me personally, the monster at the end.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, folks. Those are our thoughts on The Father. Obviously, a very powerful moving film. And I thank you guys for engaging with it, sharing sharing about yeah, it. Yeah, Th- um, thanks
2: a lot, Dave, for uh,
1: making <laughs> us watch this. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic, but I'm going to choose to assume that it's half and half. Uh, you can find <laughs> more episodes of the podcast at com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Our theme song comes from com. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and YouTuber Kyle Hillinger. Check out his YouTube channel. This episode was edited by Beatty Zhang. Next week, we're going to be discussing Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, the new movie that's going to be on HBO Max and in theaters. We're going to be watching it on HBO Max. I'm, I'm a little bummed we're not, I'm not going to be seeing this one in the theater. Mostly. Yeah, this, this um, screams
2: for a giant. Yeah, yeah. Screen. Oh, man.
1: But uh, we, we make do with what we have. Anyway, uh, check it out on HBO Max. Then tune in next week on the Slash Filmcast. Listen to our review. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later.